Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rowan and the Wasteland, where we discuss a film and honor its place amongst its peers. I am the titular Rowan, and joining me, as always, racing's in his blood. It's Shane Kanto, ladies and gentlemen. Racing in my blood for somebody that doesn't go over 75 miles an hour. Boom, there it is. <laughs> you've, you've never gone over 75 miles per hour, ever? Why? I have, but I tend <laughs> just, to not. You, you don't make a habit of it, I understand. No. Um, my coworker though, goes 90-something on 295 on his way home. Wow. Just well, right by yeah. me. He's speed racer. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. My friends back home would, uh, would, they would, they would say whenever, whenever we ask when we're going to get somewhere, they always say, oh, you know, uh, you're going to get there in like 20 minutes, uh, 15 minutes in Rowan time because I go so fast that they, that they made a whole term around how fast I go. Are you Winston Wolf? I am not that fast. I, I, I aspire to be that, that <laughs> But <laughs> there we'll, you see. Go. we'll see what happens when I get to be Harvey Keitel's age. Um, but for now, for now, I'm just I'm just a junior, a, a junior speed racer. Um, there you so, go. so uh, Shane, yeah, I mean, the people could probably guess what we're watching today. But wait a minute, you... how many times have we referenced speed racer so far? <laughs> oh yeah, we're talking about speed racer. <laughs> so why did I pick speed racer? I was morbidly curious about this film because I've heard from people that this was an absolute train wreck. I've heard from people this is an absolute masterpiece. And I had to know for myself. So there you go. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a... We'll, we'll, we'll get into our thoughts on this movie in a second. But um, this is a... Uh, it's it's an adaptation of, of the manga and anime series of the mm-hmm. same name. Uh, I feel like just the name itself is is is, is recognizable enough, yeah. uh, but it's directed uh, by Lana and Lily uh, Wachowski, uh, which makes I don't know. So wh- I watched this with a ton of my friends last Tuesday night. It, like it was a party. I'm sh- pretty sure most people weren't actually paying attention to the movie, but the one thing that that made everyone look at the screen and cringe was the title card at the end that says "Directed by the Wachowski Brothers." Um, cause if you're looking for something outdated that right there, <laughs> um, yep. obviously, so obviously speed racer came out before they, they transitioned. And, uh, that is why we will be talking later on about our top five female directed films. Mm-hmm. Um, cause speed racer most certainly falls into that camp. Um, but, uh, anyway, Shane, how would you describe the story of, of speed racer? Cause there's so much happening in this two hour, 15 minute story that is it is just, it, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to organize in my head even now. I guess to explain it simply, if that's possible, is Speed Racer wants to be a great racer and capitalism's getting in the way. So he must defeat capitalism and yeah. corruption. <laughs> um, that fit? <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the lead character is played by Emil Hirsch and he like speed racer. You might think, Oh, you know, it's a nickname. It's probably a title that was given to him in his, in his sporting life. No, that's, yep. that's his name. Um, yep. his name is speed racer. His brother is Rex racer. Uh, yep. his father is pops racer. Yep. Um, this is an, just an incredibly stylized, um, world. So unlike our own, but so, but so like it in, in, in so many ways. Um, and it's, 
there are bits that border on incomprehensible and just a complete CGI nightmare. Uh, and then, and then there are like, you know, then there are some genuine human moments where it's just people and you can barely tell that they're like, just completely surrounded by a green screen. Um, yeah. But yeah. So uh, Shane, I do have to ask you, what did you think of speed racer? There's things I enjoyed about it. I <laughs> some of like the race scenes once you get used to the stylization they're going for, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. The first 20 minutes is almost incomprehensible. Right. Like, who the heck greenlit the first act of this movie? Because narratively, from a story structure, it made absolutely no sense. I was having narrative whiplash. I'm like, what the F is this movie? And then once it settled down... I feel like it had more merit to it, but then it kept going. <laughs> and then this movie's like two hours, two hours, and it should not be. No. And there are some genuine human moments. Um, also, one of the most obvious villain twists of all time. <laughs> you know, I wasn't even sure that was supposed to be a twist. Well, because but he was a nice man, Rowan. He liked pancakes. He was a nice capitalist, big corporate guy who very obviously was not going to turn evil and be no. greedy. No, no corporate. Was, yeah, no corporate characters are ever evil in movies. <laughs> How like dare you ninety-nine percent of the time <laughs> they are, and this was obvious. And, you know, it's such an interesting movie of the time because this movie is led by Emile Hirsch and Matthew Fox. Like, how 2008 of this movie. (laughs) And, you know, there's some twists in it, too, that you're just like, you serious? (laughs) But uh, here's the thing. If you could get past... Also, they should completely cut out everything with the little brother and the chimp because that crap was so cringeworthy. So bizarre. I was so uncomfortable watching it. But legitimately, as John Goodman in it, so it has that going for him. Exactly. Yeah, that is one of the one of the saving graces of this film we so my roommate has been trying to get me to watch this movie for a long time Uh he so it is it is one of his favorite movies or so he says and when we all gathered to watch this the other night he was getting really jazzed especially about the beginning he was like guys this is the best opening sequence of any movie ever and and we said oh well you know it makes sense why you would think that you probably have the nostalgia you know you probably watched this movie when you were a kid and he was like nope Watched it for the first time when I was 17. Um, and for reference, we're 19 now. Uh, so he definitely did not have that nostalgia. Uh, he is just an idiot. Um, but but um, one of our other friends who were here uh, did, did see it when it came out, when he was about five, and remembers this movie just melting his brain when he saw it in a theater, which honestly makes complete sense. If I saw this in a theater even now, I feel like I would, you know, I feel like I would get close to having a seizure. Um, I feel like if we saw it at Lincoln Square on that 70-foot yeah. tall IMAX screen, I think I would have vomited all over. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> um, I'm glad, glad I did not. I'm, you know, seeing it, seeing it on a, 
on a relatively small dorm room TV is good enough. Um, but for now, yeah, I just don't understand what the point was for a lot of stuff that was happening. It just seemed like, so just to, uh, uh, be completely transparent. I'm not familiar with the anime or the animated series at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't really know much of anything to do with Speed Racer. I just, it, it's just a recognizable name brand. So I didn't know like when they were trying to make a reference or when something was going on that was a callback or something because they don't really make it very clear at all. And there are so many characters and there is so much happening all the time that it just borders on incomprehensible for me. That said, I didn't hate this movie. I just think that they're like, if, if you cut out, Honestly, the vast majority of what's happening, it would be a much more enjoyable viewing experience. Yeah, like, I had fun with it when it was being what it probably should have been, um, which is a ridiculous race movie. And I I did watch Speed Racer growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. I even bought my brother the complete set on Blu-ray for, like, his birthday one year, and we were watching it. Even this was, like, I was in post-college at that point watching it and it is a faithful feeling to like this feels like a live action cartoon right like it really does and it's ridiculously campy but some of it is just incomprehensible like adult swim bumpers incomprehensible (laughs) that is the perfect perfect descriptor i'm just like what the hell is going on here but like i think emil hirsch is solid um, Christina Ricci, I think is solid. John Goodman is amazing. This is John Goodman. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Fox is, I don't really think this is like the role for him. He, he, he's kind of flat, but that's kind of the character. Yeah. I feel like somebody could have did something more interesting with Racer X, but then like, I did have a fun time with Evil Corporate Man because you know it's the Bill Bill O'Reilly esque character from uh, V for Vendetta, right? Who's in it? And that's when I knew he was going to be evil. Like you don't cast this guy <laughs> to be like a nice guy, exactly. <laughs> and you know, it's a uh, Hiroki Sonata's in it too, mm-hmm. and it's just like he didn't get enough to do. No, no, um, no, and you know you have silly over the top like Italian mobsters at one point with piranhas stuff. Yeah, I just this movie is so weird. Like I could definitely see this being one of those movies that a bunch of people watch with their friends out of morbid curiosity because it's just so weird. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that was kind of the re- like that was one of the reasons I was excited to watch it just because just cause, just because of that curiosity. Um, but. So this movie started production as a family film and eventually it got a PG 13 rating, which I think, wait, no, I think it is. It did end up still being PG, but still it feels like it's trying to push it without really pushing it that much. And I feel like that hurts it. I think it could have been much better if it had been able to go just a little bit more mature. Um, Mm -hmm. But then again, who knows if they would have like one way or the other. Yeah. Who knows if they would have like, (laughs) made it even more complex because if this is what they think kids can keep up with i shudder to think at what they like at at, at what an adult speed racer movie would look like oh man oh my wife even was like who's this movie for yeah 
Like, she's like, who is this supposed to be for? Is this supposed to be for kids? Is this supposed to be for adults? It doesn't know. And I think that's his biggest sin at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, I mean, it's garnered that sort of cult following over the last, like, 10-ish years. Um mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, because th- this was a box office bomb when it came out, it grossed only 93 million oh, on a 120 million budget. Yeah. Um, and but but but, you know, then it was nominated at the Teen Choice Awards and subsequently the uh, uh, the Razzies as well. Um, so a lot, a lot of division on, on this movie. Um, but, uh, you know, there is there are those bright spots in there that I think makes it not a, a complete failure, which is why I didn't, I didn't hate this movie. I just did not know what the hell was going on for most of it. <laughs> that is fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now Shane, I am curious, where does this movie rank in your general Rowan in the wasteland? Uh, we have watched 22 movies so far for this podcast. So we got, yeah. So 22, and this ranks 17th. Wow. Okay. Behind frequently asked questions about time travel and above Viva Las Vegas. Interesting. Very interesting. Mine is in the same area. It's it's number 18. Above um, Rubber and behind Not Another Teen Movie. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, I feel uh, like and... a Not Another Teen Movie would be more digestible and fun to watch because it's only like 90 minutes exactly like my biggest issue with this movie is two hours and i don't know how often i want to commit two hours to this exactly and and not another teen movie also has the shtick and this movie tries to do so much with so like like with with far too much time yeah yeah um, I do also have some fun facts uh, about this film before we move on. Uh, Keanu Reeves did turn down the role of Racer X, which is who Matthew Fox, of course, plays, um, which I think would have been a, which would have made the, more, the character a lot more interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, and and especially having worked with the Wachowskis before. Um, and uh, speaking of the Wachowskis, this is the last movie where they are credited as the Wachowski brothers. Uh, so mm-hmm. after this, um, I believe i actually don't want to say who who transitioned first um but they made cloud atlas in 2012 was their next movie i think and then there were the wachowski siblings um up until have they made uh, another movie since cloud atlas together jupiter ascending jupiter ascending yes indeed and then they were the wachowski sisters in that one um so quite a quite a progression there in uh, in terms of movie quality uh, as well as uh gender and sexuality yeah um and uh, the uh, the actors who voiced who who did the English dubs for the anime uh, for Speed Racer and Racer X and Trixie um, w- are the race announcers, the voices of the announcers throughout the film uh, in the race scenes, um, nice. which is a which is a fun little cameo um, that I feel like is is just relatively standard when it comes to these sort of uh, mm-hmm. uh, live action animation a- uh, adaptations. Um, Speaking of that, uh, we have a couple categories to go over today, one of which is live ac- is, is live action remakes of animated properties. Uh, we are also going to talk about female-directed films and the year 2008 that Speed Racer was released. Uh, let's talk about female-directed films first. Um, Shane, have at it. So I'm going to go with one obscure one here, which is mm-hmm. Blow the Man Down, which came out on Amazon during COVID. Mm-hmm. And this sea-shantying 
New England fishing town crime thriller with two young women trying to figure out what the hell's going on in their town was such a great time. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Uh, my number four is Promising Young Woman, mm-hmm. which definitely got a lot of people's attention oh, yes. during COVID era cinema and uh, put Emerald Fennel right there on the map. Uh, I have my Jane Cambian film here, The Piano. What a, what a horny movie this movie is. Uh, Harvey, Ke- speaking of Harvey Keitel, oh man, in this movie, but I love the cast between, um, like Holly Hunter and Anna Paquin, Sam Neill, Harvey Keitel. My number two is Lady Bird. Which mm. I love, Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. So you go, Greta Gerwig. Maybe Barbie will be on here someday. Yeah. Um, but I love Sarah Sharonin. She is my favorite actress of today, and I had such an amazing time. I think I saw Lady Bird two times in theaters, actually. Um, and then my number one, A League of Their Own, because I love me some baseball and I love me this movie because oh, this is such a great movie, such a great cast. Um, Gina Davis is great and with like Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna in supporting roles. And of course, Tom Hanks just peeing in the corner and just being a drunk, drunk mess. It's such a great movie and it's such a great baseball movie too. And as a baseball fan, this is one of my favorite ones to watch. Very nice. Uh, My number five is Big Penny Marshall coming at us with one of the best coming of age stories of all time. There you go. Number four is uh, Lady Bird, uh, again, for all the reasons that Shane said. Just absolutely incredible. Uh, another, again, fantastic coming-of-age story. There are a couple more that will pop up in my list. There you go. Um, number three is Booksmart, which I do believe does the super bad thing better than better than super bad and much more respect uh, respectful uh, like in a much more respectful way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let us let us not speak of Olivia Wilde's latest directing endeavor, uh, and not sully Booksmart's good name. Yep. <laughs> uh, number two is Little Miss Sunshine, which is a female co-directed film. Uh, Jonathan Dayton yep. and Valerie Ferris. Um, but Little Miss Sunshine is just a family film that <laughs> that takes family dynamic like that takes dysfunctional family dynamics to the extreme, and also to like some of the. With some of the funniest interact like f- humor that involves interaction between family members, I think is just peak in little. Well, Grandpa, you do drugs. <laughs> I'm old. I'd be crazy not to. <laughs> Uh, and my number one is cheating a little bit, uh, as I love to do on shows that I do with Shane. Um, but uh, this is uh, The Matrix, uh, because both of the people who directed it are women. And uh, it is one of the greatest science fiction action films of all time. There we go. Um, so, you know, that is that is the due that I will be giving the Wachowskis uh, in this episode. Yeah, if I went in that direction, The Matrix definitely would have been on here and not Blow the yeah. Man Down. But, right. you know, Blow the Man Down deserves... <laughs> spotlight on here i added something else to my watch list because of that recommendation so i appreciate it um that's okay i'm pretty sure i cheated on live action animated remakes so i tried to i tried to stay straight with this one what how did you define this category i felt like if it was an animated series at some point and then became a live action film it counts Mm. 
Like okay. some, well, at least one of these is not a straight. Two of these are not straight adaptations, but they are adapting animated characters. So I feel like that counts. Right. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think that's. I think that's. 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 That's fair enough. Um, mine are. Mine are all over the place, and most of them are Disney related, uh, because that's. That's how I. That's how I decided to do. Um, my number five is uh, Cinderella, the 2015 film with uh, Lily James, and um, uh, Kate Blanchett. I believe is Lady Tremaine, if I'm yeah, remembering correctly. And Richard Madden. Richard Madden, of course. Bob Stark. Yeah. <laughs> this was this was my first exposure to Richard Madden, actually, because I had not I was not young enough for Game of Thrones when this um uh when this came out. And of course, uh, by this point he was dead on Game of Thrones. Um, spoiler, go. spoiler alert for an almost 10-year-old uh, episode. Um my number four is Aladdin, the Disney remake that I feel like is an unpopular opinion. I like it more than most. Um, but uh, I still think that Guy Ritchie's directing style really works for this story. Uh, I love the performers. I think that it's a crime that they haven't really gotten much acting work since. Uh, and I think it's appropriately um, it, it, it's appropriately very bombastic because that's kind of the point of this story. It is, you know, especially when he does become a prince, everything gets a whole lot more opulent and flashy. Mm-hmm. And I think that Guy Ritchie style works perfectly um, for that, you know, for that sense of style. Um, number three is The Jungle Book, the 2016 John Favreau version. I believe this is the best Disney live action animation, uh, just straight remake of a, um, of a material. Um, and I think it, it, it it really improves on the original um, story percent the original animated jungle book there's not really much of a story there um nope. and 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 this movie really you know this movie really defines its characters in a way that the original never did um number two is not necessarily a straight remake uh, but this is uh, christopher robin uh starring ewan mcgregor uh as an older christopher robin uh, i remember seeing this and absolutely adoring it i have not seen it since it came out um but it's definitely one that i would love to revisit at some point soon mm-hmm. um and number one cheating again as i do uh is a tie uh scooby-doo and scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed because it is impossible <laughs> to choose between them yes i am letting nostalgia influence me here but that's because these movies are absolutely incredible and very very deeply weird and hilarious and i will not budge on my stance here i want to re-watch the first one because i feel like as an adult i would appreciate it so much more <laughs> Just because James Gunn, mm-hmm. um, I rewatched the, all of the uh, live action anime, uh, uh, the, the live action Scooby Doo movies recently with, uh, with with some friends here, and let me tell you, it is a trip. But they are so ridiculously bad. Like these are bad movies. I'm not denying that they are not bad movies. But are they? But this is the most fun I've ever had with a bad movie in my life, aside from the Velocipaster. But that is something. That is an entirely different beast. Also, I don't know if you saw, Shane, there is a sequel to The Velocipaster officially in development. There is a Kickstarter campaign going now, and I intend to donate. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll have to do that on an episode Exactly, as well. exactly. We should, uh, we should, you know, we should do like a, like a big uh, feature on it. I don't know. I feel like, you know, we're, it's, it's, it's returning to our roots. There we go. <laughs> now... My number five is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and that's my nostalgia trip on here. Because I remember getting on that on that green VHS uh, when that first came out. And Jim Carrey's a whole other level of just madness mm-hmm. in that movie. 
Um, I also have Christopher Robin. So at number four, oh, yeah. Hugh McGregor is wonderful, and Eeyore is the real MVP because <laughs> Brad Garrett steals every scene in that movie. And even they were like Tigger's too much. <laughs> we're gonna put Tigger in for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I didn't know if this would be a cheat, but I put Bumblebee because I love Bumblebee. I think that was a great movie. Right. And I mean, that fits in pretty much with the whole Speed Racer thing. It's an adi- you know, it's a it's an adaptation yeah. of a of, of an animated series. Exactly, and I loved it. And it would have been even. <laughs> One small thing, if John Cena turned out to be G.I. Joe, that would have been amazing. I heard that rumor going in. I'm just like, crossover. But Haley Steinfeld and um, Bumblebee were great. My number two is Cinderella. We have a lot of crossover here. Cinderella was great. That was such a wonderful little film. And then The Jungle Book. Because, not gonna lie, the original's like in 70 minutes of nonsense. Mm-hmm. And some, like, B-list uh disney uh musical numbers except for like a select few that they kept in some shape or form and you cannot tell me that giant italian gangster uh giantificus voiced by christopher walken wasn't the best decision ever in an adaptation (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) Um... man cub have you had the papaya He's just they just like slapped uh, slapped some mocap dots on Christopher on Christopher Walken and told him to just do your thing, man. Do your thing. If you got to do the monologue from Pulp Fiction, just do it. We'll make it work that uh, they shot him like Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. (laughs) And that scene was terrifying where he was chasing after Mowgli. That movie's legit. Love it. Uh, Our final category today is the year of 2008 uh, in which I turned – Oh boy, I turned six in the in seventeen uh, in this year. Yeah, <laughs> wow. You are you were almost at the age uh, at that age then that I am now, and that's that's weird. <laughs> weird go. to think about. Um, so Shane, what are your yeah? What are your what are your top five for two thousand eight? My number five, and thanks to my friend Matt for introducing me to this film. Let the right one in. <laughs> one of the best vampire movies you're gonna find around. And also, new series on Showtime, which I've been watching. Um, Number four, The Wrestler. And Mickey Rourke got screwed. Still mad about that. (laughs) Darren Aronofsky did it with The Wrestler. So amazing. And Mickey Rourke was one of his best performances of his career. Number three, (laughs) WALL-E. Wow. Pixar went there and made almost a silent movie for half the movie. And then... And then delivered the most uncomfortable realization of our future as a bunch of giant human uh, adult babies just in front of the screens. And top tier 2001 A Space Odyssey reference in uh, auto. Um, number two, The Dark Knight. Because, like, yes, The Dark Knight came out in 2008 and still is one of the best comic book movies of all time. And number one, as I've been gushing over the Banshees of Inisherin tonight as I've been writing an article, my number one is In Bruges, because this movie is pitch perfect, and I love every second of it. <laughs> yeah, that is one that I that I regret not to have gotten to uh, before then, as I also love the Banshees of Inisherin. Makes me want to watch more, uh, more McDonough. Um, I'll get there. I'll get there. 
still but good. um yeah for now my 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 five uh my number five is forgetting sarah marshall um some fantastic comedic work all around here uh you sound like you're from london paul rudd just <laughs> killing it anytime he's on screen and uh, i you know i don't even wear a watch anymore that's really cool it's like oh yeah because you know i could just look up the time on my phone <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number four is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, um, which I think is uh, one of the one of the less epic David Fincher movies in scale, but one of the more human ones, which I think is um, definitely Fincher is beating Wes like. Anderson right now. Fincher might be making my uh, final four for my really? director's tournament. Yeah, see, by the time that this episode comes out at the end of, let me double check here, uh, the very end of November... It's, you know, we're already going to know. We're already going to know who is the next director being covered. Yes, you all in the future will know. We'll all have seen the Fablemans at this point, and it would have been great. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, number three is Tropic Thunder. Uh, I love I love movies. I love movies about making movies. Yes. And, I, and better yet, I love movies that make fun about movies that are about making movies. And Tropic Thunder <laughs> is the best of the bunch. Oh. How do you feel about that? About that Les Grossman movie that they have uh, in the you know number the one pipeline? most anticipated movie possible is a Les Grossman film because I need more Tom Cruise's Les Grossman in yeah. my life. If I didn't know that it was him beforehand, I I, I don't think I would have been able to guess honestly. <laughs> no. How about you take one big step back and literally f your own face. <laughs> So good. Um, number two is is Wally for all the reasons that you mentioned. Um, I'm very glad this is getting a Criterion release, and I'll have to snatch it up as soon as I can. Amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, and number one is The Dark Knight. Uh, you know, Batman. Like this is. I feel like this is the universally agreed best of of Nolan's trilogy. Um, just the deepest themes, the best performances you know the best action everything is great all around um i'm i'm also due for a rewatch on the dark knight trilogy um but uh, yeah so that is my that is my top five for 2008 with many 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 more to go as, as shane has helpfully uh, uh, reminded me i've still a lot more to get to from this year uh, the the ones you had in there i absolutely love too tropic thunder and forgetting sarah marshall two of the funniest movies from the past 20 years hell yeah hell yeah um well shane uh i guess it's it's my pick next week right i we're just we're recording so much these days it's just hard to you know it's hard to keep everything straight uh yep. next week we are going to be watching a silent film from the 1920s uh it's called faust and uh, if you're interested in watching it beforehand as shane found out um today you can watch it on youtube for free yep. um so yeah <laughs> Strongly recommend uh, uh, ch- checking that one out. Uh, or you can pay feeling... four dollars and watch yeah. on Apple and has great resolution. <laughs> um, I, have, I have a feeling this is going to be uh, <clears throat> more of an existential one than we've covered uh, on, on on the show before. Um, but Shane, if the people want to hear more from you, where can they find you? Come find me on the Wasteland Review YouTube channel. I'm still pushing for that 1,000 subscribers. And once I get there, I'm going to do a big, big Q&A. And I'm going to request questions from everybody. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can check out the Wasteland Reviewer Instagram page where I just shamelessly plug everything that I do. And, yeah, I'm pumping out stuff for Sif Pop and Scribe Magazine. And Faust inspired me to really get back to what the hell I was doing before, which is my podcast where i'm going through the history of cinema i haven't really watched much in the past couple weeks semester's been kicking my butt Mm -hmm. but i'll get back there 
Hey, at you least go, you're people. you're still in those couple years. Uh, at least as of recording, you're still in those couple years where it's primarily shorts. Uh, wait till you get to features. <laughs> yeah, well, at least I've seen some of those movies. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it, it's going to be a bigger investment. They're going to come out in wider periods of time, but oh yes, it'll be worth it. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at the leniencritic.com. That's L E N I E N T critic. Um, I review movies and stuff there. It's a lot of fun and please, you know, subscribe to the podcast, give it five stars. I would really appreciate it. And I'm sure Shane would too. Um, we, uh, we Absolutely. love doing it and we hope you guys love listening to it. So especially if you've gotten to this point of the episode, thank you very, very much. Um, we really, really appreciate your, uh, your viewership and, uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So for Rowan Wood, Shane Kanto, thank you very much. And we will see you next week. 